0: T. com. Thanks for spending time with me and let's go into the show. My friends, nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you're doing something good for your body. Unprocessed chocolate called cacao is rich in theobromides and PEAs, which are neuroactive alkaloids that boost the neurotransmitters, dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins in your brain, which make you feel alive and well. In addition, cacao is rich in polyphenols, including EGCG. In fact, it's more potent than green tea in that powerful polyphenolic antioxidant. And that improves the inflammatory process. It helps induce autophagy, where your body literally starts to heal and repair itself and also that protects you from oxidative stress. Now my favorite brand of cacao powder is Cacao Bliss, which starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, which allows them to maintain the integrity of their powerful health benefits. Then they take the cacao and they blend it with turmeric, one of the most powerful anti-inflammatory herbs. They use MCT oil, which help turn into ketones quickly in your system. They use coconut. They use Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper. And they sweeten it with monk fruit for the perfect blend that tastes fantastic and helps balance and stabilize your blood sugar. Now, these ingredients, they enhance your mood. Your memory and your mindset, and they really help you experience pure bliss when you consume them. And that's why they call it cacao bliss. So if you're a chocolate lover, a superfood enthusiast like me, or someone who wants to experience life at a higher level, I invite you to try them out. You can get cacao bliss at this website, earthecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers. That's earth echo or E-C-H-O foods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code, just my first name, David, to get 15% off of your order. Cacao Bliss is a low carb, gluten free, GMO free, vegan, paleo and keto friendly superfood powder that you can put in protein shakes. You can throw it in some almond milk, coconut milk. You can replace your coffee with it if you like. You can put it in different baked goods. A lot of people will use it to make different chocolate fat bombs, chocolate muffins, chocolate protein shakes. So try it out today. Again, earthecofoods.com forward slash David Jockers and use the coupon code David to save 15% off today. So this interview is a part of a series I did called the Fasting Transformation Summit. And in this summit, I interviewed the top experts in the world when it comes to intermittent and extended fasting and autophagy and self-healing. Now, these interviews were originally done in 2019, but the information is extremely relevant today. And this expert, as you will see, really has a great knowledge of this topic and will give you guys so much value. Now, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment and leaving us a five-star review, your reviews, Help us reach more people and impact more lives with this podcast. And take a moment and subscribe to our channel. That way, you get instant notification every time we put up a new podcast. Thanks so much for doing that. And I'm honored to share this information with you guys. Well, welcome to the Fasting Transformation Summit, where we are uncovering the most ancient, inexpensive, and powerful healing strategy known to mankind, fasting. I'm your host, Dr. David Jockers, and in this video, I'm going to go over the top 10 most common intermittent fasting myths. These are myths that uh, many people believe and they're perpetuated online about fasting, and I'm actually going to show you peer-reviewed research, so I'm going to actually show you studies right out of PubMed that talk about you know, basically many of these myths and actually put them to the test. So again, there's many people out there that are talking about fasting, you know, a lot of uh, negative words that are said about it, but really no research to back that up. I'm going to actually show you the research and how fasting can be so beneficial for somebody's health. And so as we get started here, if you don't know me, I obviously am the host of the Fasting Transformation Summit. Uh, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor. I speak all around the country. I have a clinic called Exodus Health Center in Kennesaw, Georgia, so right outside of Atlanta. This is my beautiful wife, Angel, my little boys, David and Joshua, my little girl, Joyful. David and Joshua are identical twins. And uh, so, anyways, so we get into the top 10 intermittent fasting myths. Number one is that it's unnatural and unhealthy for the body. In fact, I used to think this too. My Parents would fast for spiritual reasons growing up, and the whole family would fast at certain times. And I always thought it was just so unnatural. It was like I thought I only, uh, I couldn't do anything that day. I felt awful, and I would just lay on my bed because I thought I was going to lose muscle or wither away. Just thought it was so unnatural and so unhealthy. I was just doing it, trying to kind of muscle through it and do it for God. Okay, but the the reality is that it is healthy and. It is actually very natural. In fact, this is a great study right here out of Cell Metabolism. This is 2014, and you can see uh, Walter Longo and Mark Mattson, two of the most famous researchers on cell biology and fasting. And you can see the abstract there and what it says, fasting has been practiced for millennia But only recently, studies have shed light on its role in adaptive cellular responses that reduce oxidative damage and inflammation, optimize energy metabolism, and bolster cellular protection. So what they're saying is that people have been fasting really since the beginning of mankind. We just haven't had studies to prove the benefits. But now the studies are showing that it helps reduce oxidative damage and inflammation. We know oxidative stress and inflammation are the root cause in every... Degenerative disease. So now the studies are showing this. It's fasting helps optimize your energy, so it helps improve your metabolic flexibility, your energy efficiency, and it protects cells. Right. So it improves overall cellular endogenous antioxidant uh, production within the cells. So your cells' ability to produce things like glutathione and protect the DNA. So, really, really powerful. You know, if research wasn't backing up those statements, there's no way they could get this published in a big journal like Cellular Metabolism. And then they kind of finish this off and they say, you know, in rodents, intermittent fasting or intermittent or periodic fasting protects against diabetes, cancers, heart disease, and neurodegeneration. So, studies have shown, there's been enough studies that have come out that have shown that with rodents, that fasting helps protect against these diseases: diabetes, cancer, heart disease, neurodegeneration. While in humans, it helps reduce obesity, hypertension, asthma, and rheumatoid arthritis. So what that means is there just not hasn't been enough studies, okay, showing. And I'm going to actually show you a few, but hasn't been a whole lot of studies on people with diabetes, cancer, heart disease, neurodegeneration. But because we are seeing positive change with rodents, you know, we can think, okay, this could be a really great um, healthy strategy that people can apply to help protect against those. There has been studies showing that humans using fasting, it's obviously going to help them burn fat, lose weight, actually helps control blood pressure, helps reduce asthma, helps reduce autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis. And then they go on, they say, thus fasting has the potential to delay to delay aging, and help prevent and treat diseases while minimizing the side effects caused by chronic dietary interventions. So bad nutrition, uh, you know, it's going to help reduce the those side effects of really bad nutrition. So unnatural and unhealthy, not true. It's actually very natural. We've been doing it since the beginning of mankind. And as the studies show, it's quite healthy for the body. Now, number two, it slows down your metabolism. Most people think this, hey, if I fast, my metabolism is going to shut down. And then when I do eat, I'm going to end up gaining weight. I'm going to end up having a lot of weight. Now, what's true is that when you do fast, obviously, you're going to lose weight. Uh, In the beginning, a lot of that weight can be water weight because your body's breaking down stored glycogen. So you're actually losing water because when it's breaking down this stored form of sugar called glycogen, you will lose water because water is uh, kept in the muscle to help uh, with the glycogen. So glycogen brings water with it. So you will lose some water weight. And then when you, gain, when you start eating again, you probably will gain some of that water weight back. So some, be, some uh, truth in that, but as far as slowing down your metabolism, it's not actually true. In fact, what we know is that basically when insulin is available, your body stores body fat. When you fast, there's no more insulin available. So when insulin goes down, your body starts to use body fat for energy okay so you start to break down body fat for energy and actually fasting stimulates certain hormones like cortisol norepinephrine uh and it doesn't overstimulate these stress hormones but it helps stimulate growth hormone uh norepinephrine which actually stimulate metabolism so you actually are are better at producing energy become more energy efficient and break down body fat and convert it to energy more effectively so Definitely doesn't slow down your metabolism. Number three is it causes nutrient deficiencies. So, obviously, if you're not eating, the thought is, well, you need all these different nutrients to produce energy. If you're not eating, then you're not going to get the nutrients you need. You're going to end up with deficiencies. Well, certainly, you know, if you're eating a really bad diet when you do eat, okay, a very processed food diet, you certainly could end up with nutrient deficiencies. However, it's really all about what number one what your body absorbs. so not just what you eat but what you actually absorb and utilize. So you have to have a healthy gut microbiome, you have to have a healthy intestinal lining, you've got to be able to produce good stomach acid digestive enzymes, bile in order to break down and absorb nutrients. Now that's one element. the other element is this is that actually the process of digestion when we're trying to digest food we utilize so much of our nutrients. So we get a very little net gain when we're consuming food. And of course, if we're consuming processed foods, then we're going to actually end up with a net loss. And so fasting actually creates more energy efficiency in our body. We get better at utilizing nutrients. Fasting also stimulates something called autophagy, where your body breaks down these old decaying cells. And in these older cells, you've got all these key nutrients that you need. You can reuse the enzymes, which are basically made up of proteins. It's got you know, all these different things that are necessary. So all the B vitamins, magnesium, it's got all these compounds. We just have to be able to break the cell down and be able to reuse the raw materials. And that's what fasting allows us to do. Now, let's talk about the gut. You can see with this study here that fasting is a cell uh, stem, this is uh, out of cellular stem cell, 2018, so a very recent study. Fasting activates fatty acid oxidation to enhance intestinal stem cell function during homeostasis and aging. And so, what this showed was that basically they took this uh, group of rats and they tested them. And again, it's rat studies; it's not a human study. But you know, there's a lot of truth to what's happening with the rat. Can certainly uh, relate to what's happening with a human. And they showed that doing a 24-hour fast augments intestinal stem cell function. So these stem cells, which are very young, new cells, okay, they're able to basically increase and the body starts to uh, have something called autophagy where it breaks down those old decaying cells and utilizes the raw materials. And <clears throat> so a state of fatty acid oxidation where the body is utilizing fat for fuel helps stimulate that. And so, very, very interesting study. You know, that's going to help the more stem cell activation we're going to have in the intestinal lining, the more we're going to be able to rebuild the intestinal lining, the less we're going to have issues with leaky gut and chronic inflammation. So, you know, very key study right here. Um, And then you can see right here, the more energy the body uses on digestion, the less energy we have for healing and repair. So, it's very, very key that we are focusing on reserving our energy because. You know, the first law of thermodynamics is that energy basically can, cannot be created or destroyed. It's only, in a sense, shunted between different energies, different, different mechanisms. And so our immune system and our cellular repair system needs a lot of energy, but our digestion does too. And so when we're eating a lot of food, digestion takes priority. We get less healing, less repair, less immune activation. So, when we stop eating, when we fast, our body can really move into healing and repair mode and start to regenerate new healthy cells in the body. Now, number four there is causes muscle loss. I used to be so worried about this because I've always been very thin throughout my life and I've worked very hard to build muscle. Okay, and I'm in very good shape. And so I would always, I always thought, well, if I fast, I'm gonna lose my muscle mass. And obviously if you do a very long extended fast, you certainly can. However, the research shows this that actually the effects you can see in this study right here, Journal of Translational Medicine 2016, it said the effects of eight weeks of time restricted feeding, which is intermittent fasting, is sixteen eight. So they were eating, these individuals were eating during an eight hour eating window. And so basically they're they're fasting for 16, eating for eight. So let's say from like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And they were uh, combining it with resistance training. And what they showed was that basically these individuals um, actually said they they can improve. uh, I'll read this. Our results suggest that an intermittent fasting program in which all calories are consumed in an eight-hour window each day in conjunction with resistance training, so of course they did strength training as well, could improve some health-related biomarkers, decrease fat mass, and maintain muscle mass in resistance-trained males. So they were better able to burn body fat, and they saw positive changes in a lot of different risk factors, including uh, you know, muscle mass. And so they didn't lose muscle by doing this. This study, right here, European Journal of Sports Science 2017, time restricted feeding in young men performing resistance training, a randomized control study. So, randomized control studies, the top, you know, the the, the gold standard in the medical system as far as when it comes to studying things, it's the gold standard in uh, Western science. And so, these individuals had a four-hour eating window. So it was what I call warrior fast, where you're basically only eating your meals in a four-hour time window. They did this four days per week for eight weeks. So they didn't do it every day, but they did it four days per week. No restriction. You know, we don't really know what kind of food they were eating, but they just did this sort of fast, and they were training. And it showed that upper and lower body strength and lower body muscular endurance increased in the control group, as well as in the fasting group but effect sizes demonstrate greater improvements in the time restricted feeding group so the group that did this sort of fast actually had better changes when it came to upper and lower body strength lower body muscular endurance than the control group overall the time restricted feeding group reduced energy intake so they basically ate lower amount of calories but it did not adversely affect the lean body mass retention or muscular improvements with short-term uh, restricted time or time-restricted feeding in young males. Or I'm sorry, with short-term resistance training in young males. So basically, again, it's saying that we're preserving lean body tissue. Basically, when we fast like this, we start producing ketones, and ketones have this really powerful effect of telling the body hold on to muscle mass. You know, if our ancestors withered away. If they lost muscle mass when they fasted, we wouldn't be here today. But because our bodies actually got strong, we got more energy efficient. The ketones helped fuel our brain, and we felt sharper, we thought sharper, and we were more mentally clear, and we're more creative. We were able to be uh, you know, more resourceful to be able to get the food that we, that we did need back when food was scarce. So this makes a lot of sense. Now, so we're not gonna lose muscle mass, okay? And I actually do a lot of fasting and it helps me maintain muscle mass and actually I feel stronger and healthier. When we are fasting, we produce a lot of this hormone called called human growth hormone, HGH. HGH is what we call our quintessential anti-aging hormone. It helps us burn fat, it helps us build muscle tissue. So fasting and then doing resistance training that combination really helps stimulate hgh we get dramatic rises in human growth hormone which helps us to build muscle tissue so we get great benefits there now leads to eating disorders so it's a common thing too people think well if i fast i'm going to have an eating disorder you know fasting really doesn't lead to an eating disorder if you do have an eating disorder okay or maybe you've had one in the past then i don't i don't fasting's not for you i would recommend making sure you're fully healed from the eating disorder, whether it's anorexia, bulimia, you know, whatever it is, make sure you're really healed, that you've done psychological work there, that um, you know, you've, you've, that's a, you're a different person. And then you can start with intermittent fasting. But fasting itself is not going to lead to an eating disorder. In fact, you actually notice that you have a much greater appreciation for food. You actually enjoy it more when you are eating. You have a greater appreciation for it. Because you just don't have food all around all the time, it's, you're, you're controlling your food intake. So it can be really powerful. Now, the next one, not good for people with diabetes. A lot of people think that, well, what if I have diabetes? I can't fast. And what we've got to understand is that there's a difference in, in the different types of diabetes. So there's type 1 diabetes, and type 1 diabetes, uh, these individuals can't produce insulin, and therefore uh, they have to inject insulin. For those individuals, fasting can be dangerous. You know, that's and, and you know, they've got to really be careful there. So they, they there are people who are type one diabetics who, who do intermittent fasting, but they do it really with the, with help with a trained clinician knows how to work with them. They're testing their blood sugar, their insulin, they're really teaching their body how to do it properly. And so type one diabetes, I don't recommend just jumping into fasting, whereas type two diabetes it's been shown to be quite safe. In fact, this is a study, World Journal of Diabetes, 2017, April 2017. It says the effects of intermittent fasting on health markers in those with type 2 diabetes, a pilot study. So they basically a pilot study is like a test study to see if this is something we should put more money and energy into to do a more longer term study. And what they showed here is that basically... Um, you know, It says, the results from this pilot study indicate that short-term daily intermittent fasting may be a safe, tolerable dietary intervention in type 2 diabetes patients that may improve key outcomes, including body weight, fasting glucose, so fasting glucose came down, post variability, meaning that post-meal, you know, some people, they have their blood sugar, go way up, uh, sometimes they go way down because they have hypo, reactive hypoglycemia. So this showed that it created more stability in their blood sugar after meals when they did did eat. It says these findings should be viewed as exploratory and a larger, longer study is necessary to corroborate these findings. Intermittent fasting was well tolerated in the majority of individuals with six out of 10 participants, so 60% stating they would continue with intermittent fasting. And by the way, what they did was they they had these individuals for two weeks do a 16 to 20-hour fast, so between 16 and 20 hours. So basically, it was well-tolerated. Six out of 10 said they wanted to continue it after the study. They didn't know the benefits. They just felt like, oh, this, I like this, and so I, I'll continue to do it. Six out of 10. And let's see. Yep, so basically what that's telling us is That's quite safe, right? And of course, they say, hey, we need a longer study on this. Absolutely, just a pilot study, but certainly, uh, you know, it it was safe here. So I don't think we, you know, we don't need to be overly, overly concerned about doing it with diabetes. Here's another study, October 2017. um, Effects of a one week uh, fasting therapy in patients with type 2 diabetes. And metabolic syndrome, a randomized controlled exploratory, exploratory study. So again, this is a big study right here. Okay. And what it says there is that, is that fasting was performed with a nutritional energy intake of 300 calories a day. So that's less than 25% of our calorie needs, which therefore in the scientific world makes it a fast. Because a fast in the scientific world is less than 25% of your calorie intake. So that's what these people did. And the calories they did consume had to be by liquids only. Um, Now, they didn't say it was like a fat fast if they were doing like coffee with butter or anything like that. They just gave them calories. Maybe they gave them like an Ensure shake or something. Something with sugar, we don't know. Um, And most likely that's that's what they did. I I wasn't able to find that in the study, what they actually gave them. But they were limited to 300 calories a day and they had a stepwise reintroduction of solid food thereafter. Outcomes were assessed. And after four months, uh, so they, they assessed them at baseline and then after four months. Okay, so they did a week, one week of fasting in that four-month period of time. Of 46 enrolled participants, they had 46 people, 32 of them completed the trial and were included for final analysis. So pretty good, you know, as far as the overall compliancy. You know, roughly two-thirds. Fasting was well-accepted. There were no serious adverse events. So this is a week-long fast. So this is more than just intermittent fasting. This is a week-long fast with 300 calories or less. Results of this study suggest that prolonged fasting is feasible and might have beneficial clinical effects. The effectiveness of fasting should be proved in larger conformatory trials that include intermittent fasting and follow-ups, to enable more pronounced long term effects. So, we're on to something here, you know. These are newer studies. Now there are several studies that are that are in in the works here that are going on because we're seeing results. So, is it not good for people with diabetes? Type 1 diabetes you need to be careful. Type 2 um, type 2 is perfectly safe. I just wanted to take a moment and interrupt this podcast to tell you about the perfect keto pars which are great tasting keto friendly bars with only three grams of net carbs and balanced keto macros they taste amazing and they use collagen protein which is a type of protein that helps support your joints your skin your hair your nails and your gut lining these bars are gluten-free they're dairy-free they have no added sugars preservatives or artificial ingredients they help to keep your blood sugar balanced and stable And they taste amazing. My favorite flavor is the peanut butter chocolate chip, but they have other great flavors as well, like the salted caramel, the almond butter brownie, the chocolate chip cookie dough, and the lemon poppy seed. You guys will love these bars. Check them out at perfectketo.com forward slash DRJ and use the coupon code JOCKERS at checkout to get 20% off your order today. Now, doesn't encourage overeating when you're fasting, like binge eating. Okay. And 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 the truth of this is if you're doing the fasting right, it really doesn't. Okay, now you, you're gonna eat till you're satiated. So the studies show that the individuals don't end up overeating when they uh, you know, when they when they do eat, like if you were to eat one meal a day, you and there's a lot of people that do that. It's called omad one meal a day. You typically are eating a little bit less calories than if you were to eat two to three. To four meals a day, like most Americans are doing, typically three plus, you're actually eating a little bit less calories, but your body's more efficient. You preserve lean body mass, you're leaner, as far as you know, uh, burning body fat, and you become more efficient. So you don't need quite as much calories. Your body's able to run really well on what it has, and that's typically what that shows. However, that one meal that you eat significantly larger, typically than you know, if you were to eat three meals in a day, which makes sense, because you're trying to get a lot of the calories in that one meal, or if you're doing two meals and two meals. So does it encourage overeating? Maybe slightly to some degree, but it's not really encouraging massive binge eating that's unhealthy and unsafe. Okay, that's what we need to understand. Now, the next one is you shouldn't exercise while you're fasting. And this is definitely not true. Now, when you first get started with fasting, doing intermittent fasting, things like that, you know, you're not going to feel real strong. It's kind of like exercise. So in the beginning, when you first exercise, you're going to feel it's going to be very uncomfortable. You might be sore. Um, you, know, you might need to take several days between workouts to recover. That's normal. It's part of the beginning process when you exercise. So it's the same thing with fasting. So if you're new to fasting, you try to exercise and you've just done a 16-hour fast for the first time ever, you may not feel good when you're, when, when you're exercising. Okay. However, your body will recover and adapt, and actually there's tremendous health benefits. And so we know that fasted exercise, when you're fasted after beyond 14 hours, okay, no calories, that you actually improve your fat burning, you increase, significantly increase growth hormone production. Because exercise naturally increases growth hormone; it, it increases by uh, mitochondria, improves fat burning, improves muscle growth and development. And you combine that with fasting, where you get this big rise in growth hormone and um, other hormones that are associated with preserving muscle tissue and burning fat. And then you feel the incredible benefits of it. Like I personally will only work out fasted. I only work out fast, and I work out at the peak of my fast. So the peak of your fast is considered the last four hours um, before you know some point in the last four hours before you you finish the fast and you eat a meal. So typically for me, um, I might eat dinner at let's say finish dinner by 6 p.m., and I might be working out the next day at like 1 p.m. and then I finish my workout and then I have lunch at like. 2 30 or something along those lines. Okay, so I'm doing like an 18 19 hour fast and I'm hitting the weights hard. Sometimes I do 24 hour fasts like tomorrow. So I haven't eaten since lunch today. I'm actually doing this uh, presentation later in the evening and I um, will not work out. I won't work out until probably like one o'clock tomorrow, and then I will break the fast at roughly two. So it'll be a full 24-hour fast. I'll work out. I'll feel great. High-intensity strength training. And then on top of that, you know, I'll, I'll typically wait about a half hour after my workout before I eat to get even a greater rise in human growth hormone. And the reality is I won't even be that overly hungry. Like part, part of me will have a desire to eat, but it's not like I'm ravenous and starving and I have to eat. And so that's really the cool thing there. Now, here are the guidelines for fasted exercise. Number one, make sure you're well hydrated. Definitely always want to be well hydrated for any sort of exercise, particularly fasted exercise. You may also need a little bit of salt, right, just for some electrolytes. I don't recommend real long-term exercise, okay, like two-hour training sessions, okay? Probably not a good idea. I would recommend doing short, high-intensity workouts, 30 minutes or less, okay? So that way you're not stressing, overwhelming your system. <clears throat> and then you can consume high quality protein or branching amino acids directly after your workout or maybe like 30, 60 minutes after the workout if you're, you know, into a deep fast, especially if you want to really build muscle. Okay. If your goal is fat loss, you could actually fast several hours after your workout to get more growth hormone and stimulate more fat burning. But if you're trying to really preserve and build muscle, then having some branched amino acids afterwards can be very helpful for that to, uh, to get the body into, stimulate a little bit of anabolic mode um, to build up the muscle tissue after that fast workout. So that can be really, really helpful there. Now, oh, I wanted to finish up. So the other benefits, or the, I'm sorry, the other myths, it will feel, you will feel starved and irritable and it will cause food cravings. These kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, in the beginning, you will, because you haven't built up a fasting muscle. It's kind of like saying, well, you know, um, walking on the treadmill or something like that is really painful. Well, it's not, but if you're sedentary, and, you, you know, for certain individuals, it can be, right? Certain individuals, any form of exercise can be really, really hard for them. Whereas once you're trained, it's pretty easy. And so, and it's, it's quite enjoyable for people that are well-trained. They enjoy, typically enjoy exercise and feel great afterwards and recover well. But when you're, when you start fasting, you are going to be feeling like you're starving. There's a big difference between starving and between uh, feeling hungry or fasting. Okay. Starving is when you don't have a choice, like basically your food is being restricted because you know, and, and you don't have you're, you don't have an option with that, right? So it's not intentional. Whereas fasting is more of an intentional restriction of food. Um, and so we can go very long periods of time without food. So you're not truly starving. You're just hungry. Your body's just having a hunger wave, and you're irritable because your body's not good at burning fat for fuel. So your blood sugar is um, you're having hypoglycemia. Your blood sugar is dropping down. Your body's releasing stress hormones, kind of getting you primed and you know, ready to try to kill something to eat. But the reality is that your body will adapt and, and over time it will say, okay, I'm going to get into this body fat and I'll start breaking that down for for fuel. And then your level of starvation and hunger and your food cravings will go down significantly and feel a lot better. Okay. So anyways, 12 benefits of a fasting life. So i a whole presentation on this, but fasting is amazing because it's going to stimulate fat burning. Your body, instead of eating the food on your plate, it's going to eat body fat that you have on your belly, on your butt, you know, wherever it is that you're wanting to burn fat, or even a very lean person like me, like I'm 8% body fat, you can see my six pack, every striation, I still have plenty of fat to use for energy. And so my body's just getting in there, it's using that for its meal, that improves your energy levels. Your body produces more mitochondria, so you get this mitochondrial biogenesis, that's where you produce energy, in the mitochondria. So, you get better energy production. You're utilizing ketones, a fuel source, which is a really clean energy source. Uh, ketones, you burn, you actually produce a lot more energy than when you're breaking glucose and a lot less metabolic waste, oxidative stress, and inflammation. That goes down significantly. So, you have a big reduction in inflammation. That's going to reduce your risk of chronic disease because chronic disease is associated with chronic inflammation. It's also going to take significant stress off the gut. We talked about that. It's going to help. With healing and repair in your gut, it's going to help weed out your microbiome, get rid of some of the bad guys that are in there, and um, just allow the gut to heal. It's going to stimulate cellular autophagy, where your body breaks down older cells, takes the raw materials, and uses those to form new healthy uh, cells, new new healthier cells. Improves genetic repair mechanisms. So there are certain uh, genetics, certain certain genes in our body that. Help with increasing repair within us within a cell, and when we fast, our body stimulates these genes, and so they start to basically uh, heal mitochondria that may be damaged, DNA genes that are damaged, different organelles within the cell that are damaged, different tissues, different whole tissues. So, if you've had like kidney damage, for example, or liver damage, your body starts healing, repairing that. Maybe you had disc degeneration, right? So where the discs themselves in your spine were damaged or you have like a meniscus tear or whatever it is, the body's going to stimulate mechanisms that heal, repair those things, actually doing this naturally. And so one way it does that is it stimulates development of stem cells. So these new baby cells that have a remarkable ability to uh, and remarkable resilience to stress. And so Basically, you think about like a, a baby, you know, a baby or a young child has tons of stem cells. So they can get hurt and their their wounds heal really, really fast because these stem cells, are very, very fast they're healing. They're like baby cells, and that's that's what we want. Most people are loaded up with old, damaged, and decaying cells. We we want to get rid of those. We want to reuse those and form new, healthy, younger cells, and that's gonna have an anti-aging effect. It helps improve insulin sensitivity. So hormone optimization is key. Insulin, when we have to produce a lot of insulin because our cells are resistant to it, then we end up promoting more fat gain. So insulin is a fat storage hormone. And on top of that, it promotes more inflammation, drives up inflammatory gene pathways, things like the inflammasome, okay, which is a whole bunch of different proteins associated with amplifying the message of inflammation throughout the body. Obviously, we talked about we keep inflammation down, we reduce chronic disease risk. It also improves our relationship with food. That's a big thing I've noticed with fasting is I just have a greater appreciation for my meals, um, You know, really have, just look at food differently. I appreciate it. I, I enjoy the flavor more. Um, I just feel more mature in the way that I approach food at this point in my life. And fasting has really helped me with that. Enhanced mental health. I mean, this is really probably one of the most important reasons for a younger person like myself to fast. Uh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm performing at a really high level. You know, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a doctor, I'm a business owner, I'm a, a performing all the time doing presentations like this. You know, I've got to really be on my A game. Fasting really helps me with that, living this fasting lifestyle. And then spiritual growth and fine tuned intuition. So I just feel uh, more connected and more responsive to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. I'm a Christian. And so, uh, you know, I feel led by the Holy Spirit. And particularly when I'm fasting, I feel more responsive to it. You know, if you're not a Christian or you're familiar with that terminology, you may say something like, well, intuition, right? I, I feel like I'm intuitively. Uh, making better decisions in my life. And so you may notice that um, as you're fasting. And so just incredible benefits to it. And that's why we do it. Now, how do you get started? Well, I recommend a simple fast to start. It's just simple and easy. That's why it's called a simple fast. So you go 12 hours between your last meal and your first meal. So if you finish dinner about 7pm, you don't snack at night. You don't eat breakfast until 7 a.m. So you avoid calories until at least 7 a.m. You could drink water or herbal tea or something like that. When you wake up in the morning, you drink 8 to 16 or more ounces of water. It's the first thing you do overnight. We're naturally going to be dehydrated. We're breathing out water vapor. You know, basically every breath we're losing water vapor, and so we need. We're dehydrated when we wake up. We hydrate the body. That hydration also helps fill up the stomach, which reduces this hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin comes out to basically make our stomach growl. So when, when our stomach is empty, we produce ghrelin, our stomach growls, we want to eat. Okay? We drink the water, it reduces the ghrelin. We don't feel that, quite that same hunger wave. We're able to suppress it, go longer without food. Okay? The benefit's going to help you sleep and heal better overnight, allows the liver to cleanse the bloodstream really reduces food cravings and addictions. A lot of people are eating foods that are really craving and addicted to like sugary foods, things like that late at night. So it can reduce that, helps the body to burn body fat for fuel. So then you can move it up to the strong fast, right? Or I actually have an approach in the fasting transformation quick start where we will go to a brunch fast and then eventually a strong fast, which is a 16 hour fast. This is where You know, you may eat, uh, eating window between, let's say 12 and 6 PM, 16 to 18 hour, um, fast, you know, this is, I, I do this pretty much every day, uh, either a 24 hour fast or a strong fast here, like an 18 hour fast. And, um, you can see, you know, basically you're eating in the fasting window, outside of the fasting window, you're drinking water, right? You're working, you're doing things that keep you busy. Or maybe even you're resting, right? But you're doing your best to, uh, to avoid food. And when you do this, you're going to naturally produce a little bit of ketones because your body's really got to get in and break down the body fat more effectively when you start getting into this strong fast in that window. Now, weekly intermittent fasting strategies. Again, this is a fasting lifestyle. So uh, a big thing that I've recommended for a lot of people, especially people with chronic pain, autoimmune conditions, things like that is a 24-hour fast once per week. So it's like dinner Saturday to dinner Sunday. You're drinking water, herbal tea, right? Drink some salts. You know, if you really wanted to, you could do a fat fast where you're doing like a little bit of organic coffee with, you know, butter and MCT oil or something like that. You could do exogenous ketones to help you with energy during that period of time, but you're not consuming a significant amount of calories. You know, certainly not more than 25% of your calories, roughly 400 to 600, would be consuming more than that. During that period, you're going to get great benefits from doing that. Another good strategy is a five-two fast, where you're doing five days of eating, two days where you're not eating, or at least not for 24 hours. So it's like two 24-hour fasts. Or some people will do it where they finish dinner, you know, Sunday night. They don't eat until like lunch on Tuesday, for example. So extending it out like a 40-hour fast, typically with a five-two, you're doing it on different days. So you might fast through Monday. And then you might fast through Thursday, for example. So it's not consecutive days. It's, you know, it's broken up. And then when you eat, you eat till you're satiated. So again, when you do eat, you're typically eating more calories than you used to. But overall, throughout the week, it's typically a lower calorie intake and your body gets more energy efficient. It's very efficient with the energy that you're providing it. And then there's alternate day fasting where it's like, okay, I eat Monday, I don't eat Tuesday, I eat Wednesday, I don't eat Thursday, I eat Friday, I don't eat Saturday. So it's just basically fasting every other day. When you do that, you really, you really, really, really boost your fasting muscles. I know for myself, I do typically two to three 24-hour fasts every week. I'm very lean, so I, I'm not trying to lose weight here, but I feel like my fasting muscles are so strong when I'm doing this. And so like today was Wednesday. I um, I fasted, or um, I just did one meal, and I, and again I won't eat until you know lunch Lunch time today, I won't eat till lunch tomorrow, and so that's something I regularly do. And I just feel like my fasting has become so much easier now because I'm doing this regularly. So it's like I'm really fit in my fasting lifestyle, and that's where the benefit of some of these things can be and you know the cool thing is I'm not losing muscle mass I actually feel like I'm performing at my very best my energy is at its very best now a lot of people have questions about prolonged fasting you know when you do a very long fast four or more days there can be tremendous benefits you get a higher level of ketone production typically you know if you're doing like a 24 hour fast you're going to get your ketones like a 16 to 18 hour fast, you're going to get your ketones to 0.5 or more if you're following a ketogenic diet as well. you using things like MCT oil and exogenous ketones and stuff like that. Um, but you're, you'll be like a very mild level of nutritional ketosis. Start doing the 24 hour fast, you're going to see it bumping up 1.5, 2.0 on a regular basis. That's I love that. I just feel so good in that range. Um, when you start fasting for several days in a row, you're gonna get a really deep state of ketosis. I've seen, you know, I've I've been up to around four and a half, five uh, millimole of ketones. You know, doing a long, extended fast. A lot of people notice that, and it's it it definitely hits your brain in a different way. That's for sure. And so this can be some of the benefits that come with it. You get a deeper level of autophagy. Um, cell reproduction significantly slows down. So people that are worried about that, like people, for example, with eczema, it's a fast cell reproduction in the skin. Okay, or people with cancer, increased cell reproduction. So it really slows down when you're doing these deep, long fasts. And then you increase the stem cell uh, production. So you're breaking down the old decaying cells. You're building up new, very young, healthy cells when you're doing this. And you're slowing down the overall cell reproduction process. So really great benefits. And you can also stack some different like two or three day fasts each week. Right, and get a lot of these benefits as well because you're building up the fasting muscle. So anyways, you guys will see a lot of other presentations in this summit that go into more detail on extended fasts and a lot of the things that we discussed in this presentation. So again, hopefully this is a great presentation for you. And I just wanna remind you guys, and you guys have learned it in this summit, that fasting has the ability to unlock the dormant healing potential within you it's safe It's effective and it just might transform your life. So be blessed, guys. See you on another presentation. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go.